Welcome to episode 47 of the Cue the Duck Boats podcast. Today we are very lucky, lucky to be joined by Mark McLaughlin of the Providence Bruins. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Kevy, how are you doing today over in Nantucket? Is it cold and cold and rainy? Oh, cold, rain, windy. It's like 25 degrees. Yeah. It's awful. It might be paradise in the summer, but in the wintertime, it's surely not. Oh, it's sure. hell. Sweet yeah. Hell. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, we're glad to have you on, Mark. We just kind of want to get into some things about your hockey career, obviously. Um, quickly becoming a fan favorite, I think, in Boston for out of any of the prospects, for sure. That's got to be pretty cool. But let, let's kick it back to the start. Like, what made you start playing hockey other than, I guess, it just being a part of Massachusetts culture? Yeah, obviously, hockey's really big in Mass. But um, so my dad played hockey growing up. Um, and then my siblings played as well. My brother and sister played. So basically from a young age, I was, I was picking up the stick and, and started playing, uh, like as soon as I could walk, I was starting to skate. So, um, yeah, so family definitely got me into it, but, um, just as it went, just loved the game and loved playing and playing Bill Rick and Mites and then up to minimum flames and Providence capitals, a bunch of different youth teams that. We had a uh, we had a lot of a lot of fun with those groups. So, um, but definitely the family is what got me into it, and definitely got me hooked. Minimum Flames. Did you play out of the Marlboro Rink, the one with the eight rinks in it? Yeah, yeah, all the yeah. time. New England Sports Center. Yeah, New England Sports. That was I just I remember as a kid that was my favorite tournament. We would always go up and play in Marlboro. We'd get there and just be in the hotel and that rink. I remember the first time walking in there as a kid, and you're just like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome there. There's so many, so many great games there, and Providence Bruins actually played there probably. Yeah, years ago, right during COVID. Yeah, during COVID, that was. If you think about it though, like that's the best, that's the best smaller rink around, like in this area. It just makes sense. Yeah, rink one, rink one is legendary. Yeah, have you? I wonder if you have you been in the new rink that they just built or they just kind of redid in North Attleboro. Um, I don't know if I have. I don't know if I've been over there. Their rink one is so there. It's three rinks, and their rink one they put in like stadium seating, and they put in like a mini jumbotron. It's pretty cool, especially oh, no. I think there's a I don't know what level it is. I think this is an SPHL team playing out of there, okay. and they we had like a U8 game the other day, and the kids were just enamored, like skating out, looking up at the at the scoreboard. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that must make the experience fun for the for the kids seeing a jumbotron. Yeah, definitely. So you talked a lot about your family getting you into hockey. Who was like your biggest inspiration growing up? Um, I mean, my family as a whole um, really had a big impact on me. Um, I'll talk. I'll talk about my brother a bit because he. I grew up like he was. He's um, around eight years older than me, so I grew up idolizing him, watching him play. Played for Junior Bruins. Uh, played Division Three at Wentworth. Um, so just growing up watching him. Um, kind of learning the game through how he plays and kind of modeling my game after how he plays the right way and plays hard. Um, so I think he was a huge inspiration on on uh, kind of how I play the game and how I carry myself for sure. Yeah, that makes complete sense, obviously. Like having someone directly to look, over, look up to who's close to your age but not quite that close, that's pretty – yeah, yeah. that would be pretty cool. Who was your who was your favorite player growing up? Was it a Bruin? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. John, that's a that's an easy question. Yeah, I know that was a, that was a softball. <laughs> that was a softball <laughs> for you. Yeah, so being here, I grew up the biggest Bruins fan. My dad's the biggest Bruins fan. Doesn't miss doesn't miss a single game. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I always always loved uh, Bergeron. I played center most of my life, playing wing now a little bit. But um, yeah, just the way he plays, he plays hard, he plays the right way. 200 foot game but what what's not to like so um he's definitely someone i looked up to and was my favorite player for sure so what was that feeling like was it the first hard? time yeah <laughs> you stepped out you stepped foot on the ice with bergeron yeah honestly it was it's kind of funny because like during the summer you know when it's, it all starts winding down and and you know you're not in the thick of it you're like wow 
that's pretty special that I got that opportunity and, um, you know, I was playing aside all those unbelievable guys. But um, I feel like in the moment you're kind of just – like I'm just ultra-focused. I was trying to help the yeah. just trying to do my best. So I, I feel like it didn't really sink in until this summer that I kind of noticed. I was like, wow, that was pretty special. You got to think too, like at this point, there's been a lot of guys from Mass who have came and played for the Bruins in Bergeron's time there. And I mean, I grew up in Rhode Island. My favorite player growing up was also Patrice Bergeron. So it was 90% of us, right? So it's like right. the the ones who make it to Boston like that, he, he has to be used to the fact that he is more than just a hockey player in a lot of ways to a lot of guys. So like yeah. he, he knows that obviously. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it's it was cool to kind of see an inside look at it and, you know, uh, get a view of his leadership and how he carries himself and, you know, his presence is, is huge in the locker room. And, you know, he always has the right things to say. And he's the first one in in the mornings uh, showing up to practice. It's, you know, he's just the ultimate team guy and ultimate leader. So that was pretty cool to see, like, because everyone talks about it, but to see it firsthand is, you know, it's, it lives up to all the, all the stuff that you see that about him being a great leader. So that's awesome. Yeah. Kick it back a bit. Do you ever look back and like realize how lucky you were to like grow up in mass in Rhode in the Rhode Island mass area for like the talent level of hockey. And do you think that helped get you to where you are now? Like if you look at where you played as a kid, you didn't really have to leave this area until you went to the USHL because how much hockey talent there was. And like, I think that, people outside of the New England area kind of miss like how good mass and Rhode Island hockey is in a way. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Like you grow up with, you know, competitive practices playing against guys that are, you know, love the game and, and want to get better and are, are really good hockey players. And it ultimately makes you better. So, and great coaching too. Is yeah. In mass and New England has. Um, so, I, I mean, me and Mike Callahan plays, on Providence yeah. Bruins, yeah. we're uh, we're actually roommates now, but um, but him and I grew up playing youth hockey together. Um, you know, Mike Hardman plays has played in NHL, AHL, um, was on our Providence Capitals team. Um, like a numerous amount of Division One college guys came out of that. So it was like a, the '99 age group was was so talented, and there's yeah. other guys too that are in the NHL. And, um, you know, just getting to be able to play if you're playing against or you're playing with with them it's, it's that competitiveness that you know mass hockey has really been elite um you know for for a while now so i think that's huge and um but the biggest thing is like practices it's i feel like being able to compete against those kids like what and have that and kind of develop that you know desire to compete and and push each other is kind of what makes you love the game. And um, that was great for, for when I was young. Yeah. I mean, I see it now. Right. So I coach at a like might a level, which is so young. Right. But they're already, so Providence Capitals has became Providence hockey club. Yeah. We already have kids from my team getting like picked, like they're just getting like picked off to go play there now, like such a yeah. young age and things like that. So I have my qualms with them because they keep taking my star players, <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's obviously great for those kids to go play at that level. And like, that's, you know, what I tell their parents and things like that. But the, it's just, even like Mass and Rhode Island, I don't know if you know this, we're like the only two states left in the United States that have full ice hockey at the eight-year-old level. And when I've sat in like the coaching meetings, there are people, coaches from other parts of the country, like Washington and things like that, they don't, they can't fathom it. And they just don't realize that even at the U8 level, it's so competitive. Like it's, it's full ice hockey where these kids are breaking the puck out of their zone and they're running power plays and they, there's two refs and there's just, there's no way not to be because exactly what you said, it's just so competitive in this area from like a young age. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good teams. Like we had, um, you know, Jack Rathbone, um, Aiden McDonough, like all those guys were playing on other teams. Yeah. And exactly. There's, there's, you know, other high caliber players that are playing, you know, closer to home or whatever it might be for another program. And, you know, it just makes us that much better. Definitely. So what went to your decision to leave Cushing and go into the USHL? Um, 
Yeah, that was a hard decision because, you know, you want to do your senior year coaching and, yeah. you know, a lot of friends there and the fam- familiarity of it. Um, but ultimately, I, I felt like, and I've kind of had this as I went on with my hockey career. So you want to, when you're dominating and, um, you know, you're playing well, it's it's time to move to another level. Yeah, which you were. You, you had 43 be, points in 33 games. What's that? Was, which you were. You had 43 points in 33 games at that point. Yeah, so I felt I felt like I needed another, you know, challenge and um, to take that next step. So uh, we went to the USHL, and um, and that was great. I love Cedar Rapids. Coach Carlson was one of the best coaches I've had. Um, and then same thing for going to college too. It's I ended up I was supposed to go in as a true freshman, but felt like I wasn't dominating yet. That I needed another year to develop and get my game in the right place. Um, so I did another year and. It, worked out great, got a lot better, and then went into school more ready, I felt like. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of the, the journey there. Definitely makes complete sense. I mean, you, you see it more and more. I, I don't think that it's ever a bad idea to give yourself another year if you're not. And then if you're not quite ready, it's, it's good to stay, you know. I think I agree with both sides of that. Just perfect segue you gave us there. How did you choose BC? Did you have other hockey schools that you were deciding with? through yeah yeah um i was looking mainly at hockey schools um i really wanted to play in the bean pot uh you know growing up as a local kid it's it's, you know hard to turn that down and then uh the education was a big part of it too bc is an amazing school um so it's very fortunate to have gotten that as well and been able to graduate this past uh this past spring so um but yeah, it's it's hard when you get a call from legendary coach York. It's that's hard to turn down. And um, you know, I always looked up to BC and wanted to go there. So um, you know, it all fell into place, and I was so glad that I made that decision. It's like you have our questions that we came up with in front of you. It's like you're giving us as easy as segues. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so back to Coach York. Um, do you have a good Jerry York story since you were his last captain and everything, which is a huge honor. Do you have a crazy story for us any, or any, any good story? Anything. You, you played anything. four years for him. There has to be one, right. That you can tell it has to be pretty good. Yeah. There's a uh, the spot. There's a, yeah. I'll try to think of one. I mean, there's so many great, great moments. The, the thing about coach York was he was so much like, he was like teaching us life lessons while we're, you know, learning the game of hockey and, you know, playing and practicing and, and whatever. But like, he would always be like, he would make sure you like doing your schoolwork, you're doing this and checking in with your family. Like he's just like the nicest, like down to earth human being. And he's like the best mentor you could possibly have. Um, I've told this story before and on, uh, with, on one of the Bruins, uh, Nesson or something like that. But, uh, when he um, he brought the custodian in to like recognize all the work that he's been doing for like uh, picking up their trash or whatever at night and a guy that we would never meet, but like he brought him in just to make sure he felt like he was part of it and like that we, you know, recognize the work that he's doing and appreciate it. And it was just, it's just cool. Like he thinks of everything and he's just the nicest person, like to think outside the box like that and, to make sure everyone's like feels appreciated and like the work that they're doing matters. It's just like, he was great at building a team. So that, that was pretty cool to see. I thought that was a great, great little story. No. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, yeah. that shows the character of someone and just how they're, he's instilling that character on you guys, which makes you better people and better hockey players. So yeah. that's definitely, I mean, you could tell that's his goal. That's why he's, I would say the most storied hockey coach in college hockey history really i mean he is at least for people who grew up in this area like he's by yeah. far the most yeah. storied yeah. coach yeah. give me one more from bc what was your most memorable season at boston at bc i looked through kind of the years i mean your sophomore year you guys were pretty much a wagon of nhl talent like yeah. yourself included you guys had new hook boldy hellas and knight there's even more guys in there who are gonna play in the nhl or have played games it's just that team was so good like looking at it 
Yeah. Um, sophomore, junior year were our best years. Um, sophomore year, honestly, we, we had a lot of uh, – we had, I think, 12 seniors that year. Yeah. So we had a lot of older guys. I, I felt like our team was really well-rounded. We had a lot of, like, solid defensive guys. We had, you know, that young freshman group, Boldy, Newhook, Hardman. We had Spencer Knight. Yeah. We had solid decor. We had, we had like, everything. Yeah. We hit which uh exactly disappointing is what it is but um that year was so fun i thought we were just we're clicking at the right time coming down the stretch um but uh so it was kind of unfortunate we never got to see that through and see what that team was made of but um but yeah junior year was awesome too like battling the elements of covid and um i thought we you know had a great season just didn't end up working out in the end but it's it was great we had such a great core like all those like boldy Newhook, spencer knight yeah. hardman hutzko giles and mcbane like all those yeah, guys ridiculous group of guys awesome. that was there yeah this is just an incredible group just such such a fun group to be around every day coming to the rink we were all pushing each other we were having a blast doing it at the same time so um and it's awesome seeing those guys have success now boldy's been been killing it lately had a great night last night um so keeping in touch with those guys is yeah great calling them every now and then so it's great we we went to the game in boston against minnesota this year we scored two and it was just so we were right behind the net and so many bruins fans were just cheering for him but like nah it was so it was such (laughs) like a it was such a like funny watching guys like cheer for him but then they try not to but then we're it's just it was funny because i mean obviously like we went to his first nhl game it was in it was at the garden yep two years yep. and he scored and we were up in the our whole bc team had a box and we were like going crazy up there yeah. uh, rude against the bruins but yeah yeah you have to for that your was prior time. that was prior to signing. yeah signing exactly exactly <laughs> don't want anyone to jump on you yeah <laughs> so we're gonna segue right into like, your olympic career um so at what point did you know there's a chance you were going to be a U.S. Olympian? Honestly, it never really crossed my mind, um, you know, well, until like the very, very end when I was hearing rumblings that I might have a chance of making it. And I was like, wow, what? Yeah. I didn't really try to get my hopes up. We're in the middle of the BC season. I was, you know, ultra focused on that. And, um, and then, yeah, it's it, like – came to fruition. It was crazy. Like I couldn't, I honestly couldn't believe it. I called my family right away. It's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to China. <laughs> I'm going to China. Exactly, yeah. Right? Pretty, pretty surreal. And um, that's, I mean, that's an experience you'd never get back. And we were just so honored, honored to have that chance and go over there. And, you know, it didn't end up working out how we wanted it to, but we had a great team. It was fun to watch. It was really fun, fun to watch. That was, that's another team that's really was really fun to watch. Yeah. A lot of skill, um, a lot of speed. So, but yeah, just getting to see other events was one of the coolest things ever. Like going to, um, you know, the ski like half pipe and yeah. um, snowboarding stuff. We went to curling, f- figure skating, speed skating. Um, that's yeah, awesome. it was, that's so it cool. Was really it was so cool. cool. Yeah, it was so cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I had an absolute blast there. Did you get to meet Sean White? I did. Yeah, I gave That's him awesome. a fist bump. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Over That's the ceremonies, we took like a big team photo with him. He was That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What was it just? Yeah, what was it like to put that jersey on for the first time and just be like, was that when it hit you, or did it hit you before? Like, was there like um, a moment where you were there and you were like, oh my god, like I'm really here. Opening ceremonies. Yeah. Yeah. Walking out with the Olympic rings hanging from uh, from the top of the stadium and the music yeah. playing and you know, announcing the United States is that was like wow. I yeah. can't I can't believe I have this opportunity. It's you know, just try to make the absolute most of it. So, um, so cool. yeah, putting the jersey on was so special too. I I had been Another like crazy thing is that I had never worn a USA jersey before. I'd never made a USA team. I was gonna ask you that because I looked through. I, I was, yeah, so absolutely. that was the first times the Olympics. It's like, hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Like I'm, you know, dying to get a chance to represent our country and 
<laughs> for it to be in the Olympics is not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was really, that was really cool. It was, it was pretty surreal. Like I said. Yeah. I mean, that's something you'll have forever. Like that's, there's just no, like no one can ever take that away. Like you're a U.S. Olympian forever. It's pretty, pretty freaking cool. Yeah. You know? it's, it's just awesome to see like all the college guys get that opportunity. Yeah. It's I, not what everyone expected. Everyone, you know, the last, last one, they kind of went with a couple of college guys. So, yeah. um, but yeah, was, I mean, we had a great team. So to me, like if you're not going to have the NHL guys, it makes it a hundred times more fun to watch with college guys. And the talent level is just so high. So like, you're not like, it's just, it was so much more fun to watch than the one before. Like to me, at least I just, I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Yeah, I mean, all those guys, like most of the guys are playing and playing pro yeah. hockey already now. They're yeah. playing NHL or AHL already and doing really well. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely it was a great group, a really talented group. Yeah. Would you ever take a vacation back to China? <laughs> um, I don't know if that's on the bucket list right now. <laughs> uh, maybe down the road. We'll see. <laughs> What's your bucket list vacation spot? Uh, so my family, we went to, uh, uh, us Virgin Islands last, last summer, uh, nice. St. John's. Yeah. It's beautiful there. It's, that's one of our favorite spots to go. I'm a big, I'm a big St. Martin guy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I like St. Martin. St. Yeah. Martin's fun. I haven't been there, but yeah, I heard that's awesome. Yeah. You have the half Dutch and then half French. So yeah, a little, little mixture of everything down there. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, that sounds cool. How so? I mean, I don't even. It's like I don't know if I really even have to ask you this, like why you signed with Boston. But how cool is it to have the opportunity to sign with the Boston Bruins? Yeah, like when you when you knew that you had a chance, was it just like oh my god, like that was your only option, right? At that point, like if you yeah. if you get all these contracts, but you have the Bruins, a mask kid, it must be yeah, very hard to turn, very hard hard to turn that down for sure. You know, dreams about. You know, you dream about playing the NHL, but like you see yourself wearing the Bruins jersey, you know, as a kid and, you know, all growing up. So, um, you know, like everything happens for a reason too. to go back to it. Like you're so aggravated and, and frustrated that you don't get drafted. And then, yeah. you know, you, you know, you don't self or whatever. You just keep working and stick to the game plan and, you know, believe in yourself. And, you know, so it ended up working out great because then I could sign, you know, where I wanted coming out of school as a free agent and, you know, there's no turning down Boston for sure. So, uh, you know, stars aligned and it worked out great. I think that's a great message too, for kids. It's like, you didn't get drafted and instead of being sulking, you went out and was almost a point per game player was a point per game player then almost a point per game player in hockey East. And then went and got to sign with the Boston Bruins. So that's kind of a ring endorsement of just keep your head down and keep working and you can still make your dream come true. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge, huge message. Even like, no matter where you go to, it's like, you know, you gotta keep that same mindset that, you know, you're never out of it. You're, you know, you just believe in yourself and just keep working hard. It can get you a lot of places. Definitely. All right. The big question to that first goal you scored, which is a beautiful goal. Have you ever had a better rush than when you scored that? No, I honestly, I don't, yeah, there's no way. Uh, you know, I couldn't have wrote it up any better. This is an amazing pass by by Freddie too, but uh, but yeah, that was fun to be a part of like an eight to one game too in your first yeah. NHL game. Like that could that was amazing because that's like no, you know, you're playing loose, you just out there, you know. Uh, you're not worried about blowing the game (laughs) yeah you don't have to think as much you're just playing like how you can play you're not like stressed out and whatever so um yeah that was that that was awesome that was i've said it a bunch but the coolest part was that i was it was a home game and it was in boston that i got to share with everyone that helped me get to where where i was you know so it was my whole family and friends my you know, people from my hometown, my teammates from every step of the way, all the way up, you know. So it's like all my BC teammates. So it was like, yeah, couldn't have drew it up any better because I was like, I was immediately thinking of them because it's, you know, they helped me get there and to share it with them was so cool. Yeah, it's like life finally came full circle. You're yeah. right there. Every kid's yeah. dream 
yeah. it's hard not to like look at the moments you've had already like early in your career and be like well this was you've had some pretty pretty sick moments so far like i'm sure there's gonna be a lot more but there's been some cool ones right like that the olympics just always i mean being on such a good bc team being the captain of boston college i mean jerry york retired after you right like you were his last captain did you guys know he was retiring like earlier than everyone else uh maybe like a tech like the day of oh yeah okay so not really yeah yeah so no um yeah he sent a he sent uh sent me a text and said uh said i'm, I'm hanging up the skates <laughs> thanks for <everything. laughs> that's I was, like, I was like reading it i was like hanging up i was like oh my god it's, it's yeah. i couldn't believe it um thanked him for everything and and yeah, he's such a good guy. I've been talking to him a bunch. Uh, he's going to come out to a Providence game. So, awesome. um, yeah, he's so supportive. And, you know, he's wishing me the best still. And, yeah, he's he's the great. He's the best. That's awesome. All right, another one for you here. So, then we'll get into some fun stuff coming kind of to the end of what we have here for you. But after training camp, myself included, a lot of Bruins fans, we really – a lot of people thought you looked NHL ready. How does it feel to know that you have the Bruins fan base behind you? And what are the things you're focusing on to get to that next point? Right. I mean, obviously things, it's amazing to be a Providence Bruin and you're doing great there, but your, your goal is to play in the NHL. So what are the things that you're focusing on this year to get there? Yeah. I mean, your, your goal is always to be going up there and it's, what can I do to get better to be there? And um, you need to view this as an opportunity and, um and just use all the resources that are here there's you know an amazing coaching staff there's you know i'm adjusting to my first year of professional hockey but it's a huge difference between the schedule from college to pro Um, so getting used to that and you know picking the brains of uh, older veterans that have a ton of experience like chris wagner and you know connor carrick mike riley's here um you know so it's it's all an opportunity to get better and I've been trying to work on different aspects of my game that I know um you know would get me to be an NHL player so um just working on you know my skating and you know just making sure I'm playing a you know like a very low risk game and not making too many mistakes and you know managing the game the right way um, and being more physical and so stuff like that I've been trying to uh, work into my game for sure definitely yeah it was a great answer right it's all I mean just keep on grinding right it's, it's yeah. what you've done your whole career so you just got to keep doing it yep yep absolutely yep you got to keep at it and um, grind away absolutely it's it's uh it's been great down here it's a ton of fun because like I was, I was saying earlier it's awesome that we have so many young guys it's almost like you're back in college again a bit. Yeah. um, Everyone's around your age and um, it's been a really fun group. There's so much skill, so much, so much team speed. So um, it's been a great group to be a part of and we're having so much team success because we're really gelling together. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, uh, camaraderie within the group and the locker room. So uh, that makes it fun to show up to the rink every day and go to work. Awesome. So under the fun stuff, to get to know a little more about you away from hockey. Um, what's your favorite thing to do away from the ink? Oh, that, the rink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say away from the rink. I've I've been getting into golf, even though I'm not good at all. That's yeah, I'm actually really bad. But <laughs> I've been getting I've been getting better. It's fun. To What's the handicap? Me. What's the handicap? I don't even have a handicap. Just like, <laughs> break it. I'm starting to break a hundred, and I'm happy about it. Oh, you're getting there. Oh, that's, just, a, that's the first step. Right. So um, it's been uh, I've been doing a lot of that with with you know former teammates and the PC guys and this and that hometown friends. So that's been a, that's been a ton of fun. Um, my family's really big into. Uh, just being outdoors, hiking, camping. Um, so we do a lot of that. Go up to the White Mountains a lot. Awesome. Um, yeah, go on some good hikes. So that's uh, that's been something that's been a part of my life for a while. And it's a ton of fun to get outside and do that. Have who's you gotten the- out on any of the – oh, you can go, Kev. Sorry. I was going to say, uh, who's the best golfer on the P Bruins? 
I think it's Justin Brazo. Yeah, he can he's, hammer the ball. He's you know six eight, <laughs> smokes the thing. So, um, and he's got he's got the soft hands too. So he's got to mix it both. Um, yeah, he's really it's good. the deadly combo. Yeah, we were teamed up together because I'm I'm bad. So I, <laughs> good player. <laughs> Have you gotten out on any of the courses in Rhode Island? No, I actually haven't. I guess it's hard now. I guess you won't now, right? Everything's pretty Yeah, just I, normally do it during the summer and then yeah, exactly. it's off as you start getting prepared before the season starts. So For sure. It's pretty much, I mean, golf season's over anyway. What's yeah. your, um, I'm obviously local, what's your favorite restaurant in Providence? Where do you guys like, where do you go for your favorite meal in Prov? Um, so there's a place called Circe that's really good. Um, downtown and uh, Andino's is a, Andino's is my spot. Uh, Andino's is my favorite for sure. Yeah, chicken parm with the pink sauce is really so good. So good, so good. So I used to work right over there, so I would just walk there for lunch all the time and just sit at the bar and just I would just be like me and three old Italian guys, and I would just sit there with them and just talk, and I would just listen to their stories and just eat my chicken parm. It was yeah, Andino's is definitely one of the best spots. Great spot, yeah, for sure. Who's the best dress on the P Bruins? Johnny Beecher said Vinny was. So that's that's the first one that came to mind. I don't want to pump his tires like that though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Vinny is though. He cares about he cares a lot about his fashion. He loves it. Uh, yeah, he cleans up well. Um, Connor Carrick has good style too. I'll, I'll give a shout out to to C's. Yeah, awesome. he, he's always uh, dressing up and looking good. Awesome. That's really all we had for you. I don't know if you have anything else, Kev. No, that's all I have. We're so thankful for your time, man, and just good luck with everything this year. If you have anything you want to talk about or any cause or anything you want to shout out, you can feel free. If if not, we're just super thankful. Yeah, not that I can think of. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. It's a ton of fun. Thank you so much, dude. Have a good one. the rest of the season. Thanks, guys. See you. Now we kick it over to the dirty water. First of all, a huge thank you to Mark McLaughlin uh, for coming on the podcast. That was super enjoyable, as we said like 10 times before we got off of them. So we'll kick it right into the uh, into that dirty water. Kev, our Boston Bruins have had um, they had their first, I guess, real stumble right of the year against Arizona. They outshot them, what, like 46 to 16. Oh, it they, was. But they didn't really outplay him that much. I, I, we outplayed them. They did. But it should have never gotten to the point where we lose a game off a of blown ice and call. Like, it should never have gotten there. In the last 14 seconds of the yeah, game. Yeah, it's just like, it, it's tough to look at that game for the Bruins and be happy in any way. But that stuff's going to happen. And I texted Kevin and Connor before the game. And obviously, if you guys just heard the interview with McLaughlin, Connor is having some power issues at his house. So that's why he's not on this week. He will be back next week. He has the link, so he could even pop into this episode. Who knows? <laughs> but... I texted you guys saying, I think the Bruins might lose this game. I just, they probably flew in the day before they were spending some time out there. And I just don't, I mean, they're playing in a college barn. The Bruins are, we're going to always have trouble to get up for that game. And it showed. Yeah. And the biggest thing is you go on, you watch all the fans reaction. It's Arizona. It's Arizona. Yeah. You can't win all 82 games. No, you can't. It's, you got to lose some and, you're going to lose the shitty ones, like to the Arizona Coyotes, the Desert Dogs. The ones you don't want to lose, but you're going to lose to them. Exactly. It, it like, happens. Like, it's, it's exactly it's it. It's professional sports. It's just – it's how it goes. So there's just no way to like – I just don't want to overreact to that. But, you know, it's a good stumble, and you almost want – I would rather the Bruins lose to the Coyotes than lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs because okay. it's more of a wake-up call. It's more of a, all right, guys, get reset. And it's exactly what they did. And then they come out and they beat Vegas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Three nothing three, win over Vegas. It's like that. In three one, yeah. Three one. And you just come out and it was three one? Three one. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas went up first, one nothing. And then we came yep, back. Yep. And then we came back again. And the second so, time scored three unanswered on Vegas, right? Yeah. Which is the perfect. It shows you, you lose to Arizona. You come out against a great team like Vegas. After they, spending a night at UFC. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Those boys, but yeah, so you come down, you get down a goal, and guess what? You fight back, the whole team. 
And that's what we're going to get into is the play of Taylor Hall in that third line. It's just, it's been huge between Frederick and Coyle and everything. And it was, I think, but two or three episodes ago before Hall got hot, Jake was all about Taylor Hall. And he said, watch out. Yeah, I I think right before his hot streak, I said he was going to get on a hot streak and then he got on a hot streak. So thank you. If anyone's been betting on him, I'll take my check in the mail. Um, But you're welcome. Also, that being said, Taylor Hall did jump up to the second line last game. And that's because David Krejci is out from what Kevin and I are hearing and from obviously what everyone's hearing at this point. It's just day to day. It's nothing major. If it was the playoffs, he'd be playing. Yeah, Monty's just being precautionary on it. There's a 36 no year old. Yeah, there's no reason to rush him when without Krejci, you still beat Vegas 3 1. Yeah. You have the player. That's the thing with this team. You have the depth. You have the skill players. You have the dudes that are ready to step up and be like, hey, my turn. Let's yeah, go. Krejci's, Krejci's gone, right? So Krejci's out. And you look and it's like, well, what are they going to look like? You roll out Pavel Zaka with David Pasternak and Taylor Hall, and teams are still like, Jesus Christ. And then your third line. It's just it's going to be Trent Frederick and Coyle with either AJ Greer or Craig Smith. Still a great third line, and your fourth line still rolling, and that's what yeah. makes this team so good. It's this ridiculous depth. It's looking at the lineup you have. You just, I mean, Pasta has nineteen goals, Bergeron ten, Hall eleven, Krejci and Marchi both have eight, DeBrusque has nine, then you have Coyle with eight. You just have guys that are scoring. Trent Frederick six goals. It's like a twenty goal pace. It's just people are just. They're no longer sleeping on the Bruins, I guess. Everyone knows, but they're this team's as deep as they've been in the last 10 years, really. I mean, I think it's as deep as they've been since they won the cup. And right. they and have a legit chance. And it's not, I don't even wanna I don't even want to talk about it. I had I was just funny little me story putting Christmas ornaments on my tree and I had an ornament that my mom gave me and it was like, All I wish for Christmas is the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup. And I was putting it on the tree and Emma was like why have you, she's like, why you really haven't said that, like talked much about the Bruins winning the Stanley cup. And I'm like, yeah, no. Cause I, I we think they have a legit chance. <laughs> like they have a legit chance. So I refuse to speak about it and I'm going to keep not really talking about it, but the Bruins are doing good. They're going to keep rolling. And I really, it, the biggest thing for me is looking at how much different this team plays. And I know you, you kind of, you wrote today about pasta. You want to give us a little update on Pasternak and just his, his situation. Yeah, so um, for the first time of the season, Pasta gave a little – he talked about his side of like, the contract. Didn't really go into any like, specifics, but once again, he just reassured everyone. It's like, hey, I still have the rest of the season I'm under contract. Can we focus on that first, please? Like, he goes – he knows Sweeney and he knows his agent. They're talking every day. But for him, it's, he doesn't care about the contract at the moment. He just wants to win, have fun, play with these guys because he understands how special this team is and what they're capable of, and that's what he wants to focus on. He wants to finish his season with his mind focused on playing hockey, trying to win a cup with Bergeron and the boys, and that's what he was focused on. And he said once again, it's not about the money because um, they asked him, they said, with the record deals happening this year, this past summer with McKinnon, getting 0.01 million more than McDavid setting the new high. They kind of asked him, they said, no, I'm not interested in like being that trendsetter. He goes, I just want to play hockey, which we saw in his first contract when he signed for six years at 6.66 mil a year. He just wants to play hockey. If the money's going to be there, the money's going to be there. He obviously deserves to get paid. Is it going to be 12.6, 12.7? No, he's not interested no, in that. You're no. probably going to see a nine and a half to 11 million range. Oh, this seems 11's the set number, eight for 88. Kind of oh, fitting. I like that. Yeah, fitting for pasta. Like they just that. announced the cap's going up a million next year because the stupid escrow still has 70 million left in it. We'll give Connor a shout out. Yeah. Connor texted us this today. Do you think that? With the cap, with the rumor pretty much being and it almost being solidified today, the cap's looking like it's going to go up a million. Do you think that drives teams to get these deals done now? Yeah, I think that was probably one of the biggest things holding the pasta contract up. It's just the language and the t- the details in the deal of how yeah. they're going to like spread it out and how they're going to do it like with how Chuck's was. Isn't Chuck's like all bonus or something? Yeah, he gets a ton of money. He, I mean, he's already gotten a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I wonder. Like, I feel like. So I, I wonder if that's how they're gonna structure it. It's probably one of those things to see 
where the team's at. So, Because the thing is, we have a lot of vacancies next year. So you're going to need the money. So you have oh, yeah, to figure yeah. out and can't, plan around can't all that. go to pasta. That's for so, sure. yeah, it could be maybe possibly it's a little short deal. And now like, oh, it's only $1 million next year. And then in two, three years, it's going to go up four mil, five mil, six mil. And now you're up all this money. And then now let's sign you to the big contract. Because Pasta's a team player. And I he is, like, 100%. Hey, that's why he's an A in his jersey. Oh, yeah, like, it drives me crazy. I know. When people talk about that, and people say, look, Pasta's not the A. They rotate the A folks. Yeah, yeah. The it's, people it's like three or four it. games, and it goes back yeah, and forth it's between Marshawn, Pasta. Yeah, Pasta, Krejci. Yeah. Like, yeah, they always have this, but they rotate that between them. It's, yeah, so it, you it's, understand that. It's, he's a leader. Everyone yeah. knows it. And the thing is, Pasta doesn't need an A on his jersey for him to be a leader. That guy's a leader. Yeah. Everyone speaks on it. Like it's well, crazy. Krejci doesn't have an A this year unless someone's out of those that core. He's yeah. still a captain of that team. Exactly. It doesn't like it's, it's not. They have a leadership core group, and just I mean, you could just listen to the way McLaughlin just talked about the Boston Bruins and about the feel in that locker room. You don't have to have a letter in your chest to be a leader. And it's that simple. I think it's right. You, you like Bergeron didn't wear the C there to all time. Yeah. Charles, yeah. you don't think that dude was the yeah exactly leader? like, like yeah, calm down, just, folks. It just it's. I don't, I don't look much into that. And I think Pasta's comments as a whole just made me feel more like he's going to sign. Um, and I read one thing. I mean, it was interesting. Like, he did talk about the fact, which I was surprised, but I like that, like, the disparity between the sports is just unfair. Like, it's completely unfair. What did Aaron Judge just sign for? $360 million? Yeah. Something, something like that. It's like David Pasternak is as good at hockey as Aaron Judge is at, be- at baseball. He deserves that kind of money too, but it's just not the, not the market, not how it works. So that kind of just is what it is. But I think that's kind of what we had for the Bruins, and we'll uh, kick it over to our salt of the East. You have anything else, Kev? Uh, no, I think that's really it. Besides, Olmark is what sixteen. Oh my god! Yeah, you know what? No, that's fair. Yeah, what is he, 16, one and zero. Oh? He's sixteen one and zero. Oh. He Still has a one seven seven goals against average and a nine forty one save percentage with two shutouts. He is tied for second in shutouts. He's in first in goals against average, first in wins, and first in save percentage. Get I ready. Smell the Vesna. Get ready. Get ready. So we'll start off for the East and a team that I have really never given much credit to or any support. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but just Buffalo Sabres and Tage Thompson. Number one, Buffalo beat the absolute wheels off Columbus last week. That was wild. And Tage Thompson scored five goals in two periods of hockey. Tage Thompson. But he had four in one period alone, right? Yeah. Tage Thompson is playing on another level right now. And I have a question for you. Are you ready to consider him a franchise player? Did Buffalo get their second franchise player now in this little span? I think they did, and because we talked about we talked we were big Tage Thompson haters, and when he got the and it wasn't contest, just us, like, yeah, I know it was a lot like, of people. It was just how he had one year, but now he's backing that up. Like I mean, two seasons don't make a player, but I think he you watch him play, like he has the skills to do it. 20. 20- Goals, 20 assists, 41 points in 28 games. Yeah. And it's like playing on a bad team at that. He's going to put up stats. He's their star player. He's their go-to. So I definitely think he is. One thing that does stink, and I um, hopefully future guests of the podcast, someone we've been talking to a little bit, I'll give a little teaser out. Jeff Merrick said on his podcast, 32 Thoughts, which um, obviously I reference all the time, and me and Connor especially are huge fans of, the fact that it kind of sucks. Tage Thompson got three shifts in the third period. He barely played in the third period. And the NHL goal record in a game is seven goals. He would have had a legit chance at it, but it's just it's that hockey culture of not running up the score and not doing this, not doing that. And Elliot was very much in support of Tage Thompson not playing in that game, not getting hurt towards the end. But Jeff made such good points. It's like you have a chance to break history from a record that was set in first year hockey so like how do you feel about that do you think you know what i mean yeah it's one of those like unwritten rules but it's also like it's a chance at history yeah it's like looking back then they run up scored they you don't score seven goals in a game probably without running up a score it's just crazy. it was joe malone scored seven goals for the quebec bulldogs 
on January 31st in 1920. Yeah. That's bananas. Imagine 102 years later, broke broken. Like it's crazy. Just like looking at the names in this list, the like the just crazy names of guys who like had had these records back then. But yeah, I, and that has stood tall. I would love to see what the goalies were wearing back then, and I would love to get some video of what that game looks like. But oh, you know, black and white, baby. <laughs> yeah, Tage Thompson is a heck of a player, so just wanted to give him his due because he's earned that. Next thing's a little bit of some negative news on a team that I've been positive about. The New Jersey Devils have dropped two in a row to the two New York teams, Connor's beloved Islanders and me and Kevin's beloved Rangers. Ugh. New York how rats. You, how do you feel about them? Yeah, I'm not worried. Once again, it's just like the Bruins with the Devils. You're going to lose. You mean you have with the Yotes? You just, you just sewered the Devils calling them the Yotes on accident. Oh, no. I don't know. I get tongue twisted sometimes. They I will say, say Jersey's, Jersey's playing Dallas right now, and that's a pretty good barometer game because Dallas Stars have been playing pretty good too themselves. Right. They're in second plate, out in the central. And the big thing with the um, with the Devils too, they're a young team. People, you see their record, and they're still a very young team. Oh, yeah. So to have the success they had, you're going to lose some. It's – it's hockey. We're just saying this. It's hockey. You're gonna lose. You, any you know a team's a young team when they leave their star player Jack Hughes on the ice for a six minute shift. Six minute shift. A new NHL record, right? Yeah, that was wild. Jeez. Here's a question for you. This is this will raise some eyebrows. Berkey in the New York Rangers podcast. Are the Rangers a playoff team? Ho ho ho! It's They're 15, question. 10, and five. They they have kind of rewrote the ship a little bit in the last couple of games, at least, right? Yeah, um, it's just tough. Did they win last night in overtime? They did. They beat the Devils in overtime. Oh yeah, what a, that was dumb. Yeah, um, yeah. I think at this point, it's just so close. It's like that whole Metro. You have Jersey at top with forty four, Pittsburgh second thirty eight, Carolina thirty six, Rangers thirty five points, Islanders thirty four, and Washington thirty two. Yeah. I just and the way it's going right now, it's like. And you go to the Atlantic, outside of like Tampa, Toronto, and Boston, those other teams really aren't pushing for that wild card spot. I know they were, and Detroit was, and now they've kind of like tapered off, but it's like keep so, going. Yeah, you, going. you could have five teams in the Metro in the playoffs. No, we were saying that so much about the Atlantic, but I, I would like to see Detroit get in, but I just – but they had, I really don't see Florida. Florida's got to change their ways. I mean, they're at 30 points, and they're 29 games in, 13, 12, and 4. Um, the Chucks playing great hockey. They just have, have to have the rest of the team. So I think Florida definitely change, changes around. So that could. But I do think the Rangers, they're going to maybe – they'll at least squeak in as a wildcard team. As much as they Florida being 13 it, and 12 is not ideal. Wild. I don't know. The Canadians are tied, but with a game in hand. So what a the segue. East is still up for the East is still up for grabs. It's crazy. What's our segue? Oh, you you bring up your topic. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Bring up your topic. Kevin wants to review. I Kevin wants to review the Tetruck and Huberto trade. Give us a little live looking right now. Yeah. So we all know Huberto's been hurt, but I just think really both teams aren't doing well. Calgary's not winning. Florida's not winning, so who really won? If we're going off statistics alone, Tuchuk's still having a great season. Matty Tuchuk has 13 goals, 24 assists, 37 points. He's a plus four. And that's that's great numbers. He's like leading the team. But then you go over into Calgary. There, right now, they're sitting six. Yeah, he played 26 games. It's not like... yeah. Was hurt for a little, no, but yeah, five goals, thirteen assists, eighteen points, plus six. Not on comparable, a team, right? And you're on a top line with Lindholm and Defoley. It's just not comparable. No, it's not. It's... Tuchuk is the was the better player, and he is the better player. Yeah, and... still, I mean, I still, I don't want to give my review yet because we just we got to see how it all shakes out. But right now, I think both teams look worse. So there's that. Exactly. But it's not just on those two guys. So it's who, like, who really won? Who really won? I don't know. At this point, no one's winning. No one's winning. Got to give team, them... your team suck. Yeah, exactly. Got to give a little shout out to my least favorite team in the NHL, the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
And Mitch Marner, Mitch Marner's on a 22-game heater. He's got points in 22 straight games. People, I, I've seen a couple tweets of people like, oh, my God, he's going to go for the record. The record, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky had 51 games with points. 51 in a row. If Mitch Marner gets to 51 games, if Mitch Marner gets to 51 games with points. Jake will wear. I will wear a Mitch Marner jersey to the Boston Garden. Yes, I like 100%. That. If he gets to 51 points, I will buy a Mitch Marner jersey. I will wear it to the Garden. I get to wear my Bruins hat. And that's fair. Just so I no, no. I'll wear this gray hat. I'll wear an unbranded gray hat. And I'll wear Mitch Marner. I'll wear my Mitch Marner jersey. Because I'm not wearing anything cute the duck boats. I don't want anyone to. And I'll throw a hot dog at him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that that's a bet. We'll put it up there. We'll put that out. But if Mitch Marner gets the 51 games, I'll wear a Mitch Marner jersey into the garden. Because I don't think it happens. Getting a little nervous now that it might happen, but it shouldn't. <laughs> you have anything else for us for the East? No. Let's you get into that perfectly. wild, wild weed. The biggest piece of news out West for me, and that I think also can tie into the Bruins, because obviously I always try to tie everything into the Bruins, is Bo Horvat seems to want out. It also, news has been reported that he denied their final contract offer, which was an eight-year offer. For eight mil, yeah, yeah. So I think Bo's gonna be gone. Guy like Bo Horvat, number one center, gonna be on the move. I know a team that could use a number one center next year, but I'm assuming they're gonna try to trade him in the off season. I mean, in the trade deadline area. Hopefully, I don't think he's gonna go to Boston in that. You know what I mean? But I just, no. I just don't see it happening. But hopefully, he doesn't sign a contract. The Bruins can make a run at him in the off season. I think Bo Horvat truly does want to be a free agent and look around, but we'll see how it all goes. I, I think Bo Horvat's a heck of a player, and he's instantly going to boost any team he gets on. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the Bruins, as everyone knows, have had trouble developing young center talent. So the only way to bring that talent in, trade a free agency. Yeah. Unless, I mean, I do think you're going to have a fourth line next year with, as McLaughlin has said, he is a natural center, even though he's been playing wing in the pro. And you have Johnny Beecher. You have guys who can play center, but those guys need time before they're going to be in a top six role, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to need to bring in guys, unless Bergeron and Krejci come back. We don't know. We have no idea what they're doing. So no Bergeron one's ever going to know what they're doing. No, like, so if Bergeron and Krejci are coming back, then we still don't need a guy till the year after, so... That really all just has to get hung up. I, I feel like we talk like they're this is their last year, but neither of them have said that. So it's just it's tough. And they're definitely playing like they can play another five. I know. They really are. So it's that's tough. And like another one is um I just I just looked up how to say it, but Eli Eli Tovalin. To, Tovenin. Tovenin. I butchered that one was waived by the National Predators and he was picked up by the Seattle Kraken. Which I love. I'm oh, I love it too. I think I it's it. great. So Tobolin had two seasons with 11 goals this year. He had right now, I can find it, but he, I mean, he has decent stats this year. I think he has four points in 11 games. Obviously it's not the best, but it's almost half point a game. Um, and how old is he? He's young too, right? He's young. I think he's 25 and he really did like, he was a guy who was drafted 30th overall. He's a first round pick. He's yeah. a player that I was, like if you just run franchise modes modes at NHL, he always ends up good. They always project him to end up good. So I just I was kind of surprised by Nashville waving him. But when the cap comes down and you gotta move things around and you gotta send guys down, these things happen. And we know that obviously. Like in Boston, we've seen a lot of guys get sent down this year and back up who we we're kind of surprised about. So there's that for sure. Were you surprised the Kraken grabbed him? Or I, it makes sense for them. Yeah, no, I yeah, like yeah. he like I feel like he fits in because the, the Kraken are doing so well this year, and then but they still have that mix of young talent, so he's gonna get the opportunity. He's gonna be able to play. I think he just he fits the model of where they are, where it's hey, if we win, we're playing with house money. We win, we win, but we're not all in for a cup this year. We know we understand. Fuller's twenty three, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. So he's fitting with that core with Maddie Beniers. And Shane Wright, he's fitting that new core that they're developing. So if he can become a third-line guy that puts up 10 to 15 goals a year, 
That's perfect. That's right what the crowd could need. So. How about Shane Wright going out and getting his first NHL goal right when we said he was going to? We called that one. We called that one. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, I, I like watching Seattle. It's like it's actually kind of cool now. It's they really took a full 360 from last year to this year. And we want that. Like I want the teams that are coming into the league to be good. We don't need more Arizona Coyotes, you know. No. So it actually is pretty good. And the real question is if Seattle's doing this, what the hell is Arizona doing? I don't – it's just don't – it's just – Arizona, I mean, has just had so many issues from top to bar, bottom. It's hard to get guys to buy in when you never have stability and you don't really rink. I, I think if they get this rink deal done in Tempe, which it seems like it's going to, like, hockey should work there. Like, it should. It should. It should. So, like, I don't – I don't know. A better one for us, an even better one, is the Cal- – the, I can't talk today – the Carolina, oh my God! The Carolina Avalanche. I can't talk. The Colorado, Colorado Avalanche are currently in fourth place in the Pacific. Central. That's not true. They're in the Central. Fourth place. I can't talk now. They have fourteen <laughs> wins, ten losses, two OTLs, thirty points. Do you think they can survive injuries with Nashville breathing down their throat and St. Louis starting to play a little better? Ah, uh, is- starting to pull forward. I mean, the answer. My answer is yes. But yeah, I don't know we talk, I was very high on the central coming into the season. I just think they have a lot of teams. The thing is, they make it bumped around there, and they, if they stay in that four or five spot, they'll make it. They'll they're, they're fine because yeah. things once they get fully healthy, that team's a wagon. hundred percent. It's just they need to get healthy, and you know. Too much Stanley Cup hangover, so I know, and it's just injuries, like just unlucky injuries. The biggest surprise over there, though, is we did not have Winnipeg leading the division quarter. Of the that is year, why you know I mean the over a quarter of the way through. Did not it, expect that. No, and Connor Hellebuck's a monster, so that helps. But with all like the issues, I feel like going I know, and they, they yeah, but Rick Bonus is a good coach. Rick Bonus is a good coach, and he's done a good job. I mean, that's the the West is super. The biggest thing right now is. I feel like last year at Christmas time we like knew who the playoff teams were in both sides. This year we absolutely do not. No. Like in in the Metro, Washington sitting in sixth, they can make the playoffs. Washington and the Islanders are on the outside looking and they can make the playoffs. Montreal, Detroit, Florida all could make the playoffs, which is crazy out of the lower half of the Atlantic. The West is wide open. I think St. Louis, Nashville, Colorado, Minnesota, they're all there in a battle for those right. bottom two spots. And the thing with that, with the Central, is you look how the way Minnesota started. Yeah, and, and now they're they back. They're awful. They're and now, right. Montgomery said that early on. He's like, this team's super talented. This isn't going to stay that way. Same with St. Louis. They had a rough start. They have yeah. young players. And they're just – it's taking time for them to get going. And for Minnesota, Flurry, he's just getting that rust. Yeah. And then he's going back. The it's – yeah, it's like it's flurry. He's fine. Yeah. And then the Pacific, you Calgary's fifth. They're on the outside looking, and I think they can make the playoffs. Edmonton only has one more point than them. Then you have L.A. and Seattle tied in second, more or less. Well, not really. L.A.'s oh, played four the games. Battle of Alberta out. Yeah, Harry's classic. That's gonna be good. That's gonna be cold. Gonna be good. Getting there. We're getting there, Kevy. Soon enough, we're gonna be sitting there at Fenway Park for the Winter Classic. Um, do you have anything else? One big thing, guys, is with the holidays coming up, you got to jump on to the Inside the Rink store and buy our merch. Buy any Inside the Rink merch. We have it all there for you. And another thing I forgot to add in earlier, we're now sponsored by ESPN+. Plus. So it'd be super helpful if you guys don't have ESPN+. Plus. If you wanted to go and sign up, it would help us out, get some money back in our pockets around the holidays, help us make this production even better for you. And that is going to be at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. That's all you got to do. So just inside the rink.com slash ESPN. I'll make sure I put that right in the tweet and the Facebook post for this episode. Just give it a click and check out ESPN plus and super good value. You guys can get all of the NHL games on there, college football, everything. Kevin and I are big college football guys. Yeah. It's, games it's, it's, on there. it's everything you could think of. Yeah. And you would go get like the ESPN 30 for 30. Films. Yeah. So all, much good stuff. We both have it. But, yeah, like we both have it. I use it all the time. I mean, that's how we yeah. watch all of our out-of-market games for the NHL, and it's how we watch. There's even so like the best thing before we go is if you're like a college football fan or even NHL fan that you, you gamble on sports at all. There's multicasts. You can watch like four to six games at a time, which is great for when you're gambling. Oh, um, it's awesome. 
But and like, plus you get like all the articles where it's the ESPN plus yeah. paywall. So yeah, so it's you, I mean it's you, definitely you, worth the it. The money's worth it. So again, inside the rink.com slash ESPN. Thank you guys. Happy episode 47. Kevin, give us a 47. We're gonna play it out with it. Famous Tory Krug. Oh.